0: Hello and welcome to All Indians Matter, I'm Ashraf Engineer. The COVID-19 pandemic may have crippled the Indian economy, but the stock markets seem to have gained new legs. In FY 2021, which roughly spanned the lockdown and the ill-fated unlocks, the Sensex rose more than 68% and the Nifty 50 index rose by 71%. It's no wonder then we're seeing a number of mega initial public offerings or IPOs either launched or lined up. The recent rupees 9,375 crore IPO of food technology platform Zomato is only one among them and was oversubscribed 38 times. ATM's monster rupees 16,600 crore IPO is in the works and is likely to be the largest ever in Indian stock market history. In FY 2021, more than 20 IPOs listed at a premium to the issue price, according to Equity Master, and this year analysts are pointing to an IPO spree. Investment bankers say it will be a record year for fundraising. 30 companies have already filed IPO papers to raise 55,000 crore rupees, and 10 to 15 more are lined up to initiate the process to go public and raise another rupees 25,000 crore. So far this year, companies have raised the highest amount through the IPO route in over a decade. Why are so many companies having IPOs now? All Indians matter. We are on the show Amit Sahita, a veteran of the equity, debt, forex and commodity markets. Starting off as a Bombay Stock Exchange member, he has by now experienced various cycles of equity markets like the Y2K bubble and the financial market crisis of 2008. Amit, who with his wife Namita runs a wealth management practice now, is a much sought after commentator, frequently appearing on media platforms like CNBC, CNBC Awaz and Z Business. Welcome to the show, Amit. Hi. Hi. How are you? Fine, Amit. Thanks so much. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, let's get to it right away. Amit, let's start with the performance of the stock market over the past 15 months. The economy was badly impacted by the pandemic, but the market soared. How do you explain that? Ashraf, in the past uh, couple of years, we've seen two
1: major phenomena emerge which have led to this. One is that the US Fed has been bond buying to the record tune of $30 billion on a weekly basis. What this has done is has given fund managers excess liquidity of $120 every month. Some of it is flowing to different markets and different asset classes through the world. So we have seen many markets perform extraordinarily in this period. The second is the U.S. Congress has doled out massive stimulus throughout this entire period to support the weaker sections of U.S. economy. The third great phenomenon that we are seeing is the Indian middle class in a work from home phenomenon is now more and more open to DIY solutions of investing, which they were not when they were visiting their offices. Now they have more free time and more access to these uh, solutions. So the institutional buyer from the US is also active. And so is the retail investor from India is also active, which is leading to the stock markets performing very, very well. Whereas the common economy is not keeping pace. But the Stock markets are largely a reflection of corporate profits. Corporate profits are reflected by the top 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 companies that we see listed on the exchanges. The larger universe of 12 lakh companies may not be performing as well as the top guys. So this
0: dichotomy is what we are seeing playing out. That's an important point, Amit. Which are the sectors that are doing well on the stock market at the moment? Or rather over the past 15 months?
1: IT has done exceptionally well thanks to the huge push in digitization in the U.S. and in India. Healthcare has done exceptionally well with growing spends. Of course, we have seen COVID has led to a huge uh, uptick in spends in pharmaceuticals and healthcare. And specialty chemicals have also done exceptionally well because of the Chinese laws and how they've played out. China has curbed uh, many chemical companies from growing their uh, manufacturing to curb environmental laws. Lately, commodities have also done very well because of, uh, while the world economy was not up to the mark, China was growing as is. And uh, that has led to a huge demand for uh, commodities like metals and uh, crude.
0: Why do firms uh, looking to list think this is a good time for it?
1: As we have seen that excess liquidity has driven fixed income returns to all-time new lows. In the U.S. and in India and in many other economies, in several economies to negative yields. So every time fixed income returns fall, we see that money and liquidity is driven to the riskier assets in equities and commodities. There has been a PE expansion in all equity markets globally. That's supported by investors willing to take more and more risk at this present juncture is cre- making it easier and easier for new companies and niches, leaders in their niches to come out with IPOs because of massive investor interest. And are there any sectors that you have your eye on now? The winners will continue to win as they gain more traction. So second-rung IT companies will is something that I definitely like. And so is the healthcare sector. Second-rung healthcare as well as top-rung healthcare. Healthcare, if you analyze it, the financial outlay in the budget uh, has gone up from 70,000 crores to 2,25,000 crores. This is a huge change in the Indian government's policy. Also, average per capita spends in the US have gone up 40% post-COVID as well as here. In India, also, we've seen a similar rise. This bodes very well for the healthcare sector. So, the ones that I am betting on are IT and high healthcare.
0: Right. Uh, Amit, one point of view is that the major IPOs will be about new business models. Zomato, PTM, MobiQuick, Flipkart, etc. What are your views about that? What we
1: are seeing is that these companies are leaders in their niches. We are seeing a massive change in consumer behavior. People no longer visit retail stores. They simply log on to Flipkart. People no longer visit restaurants as much. They simply log on to Zomato or Swiggy. People no longer visit grocery stores as much. They simply log on to Grofers or Big Basket. People don't deal with cash as much. They simply pay by Paytm or phone Pay. And this consumer behavior change is very well noticed and acknowledged by investors. So they are willing to take bigger risks on these companies that are leading a sea change in this phenomenon, so and that is what we are seeing playing out with these IPOs. Uh, all of these IPOs—be it a Zomato, be it a PTM, be it a, as you mentioned, Mobiquick, other names like Policy Bazaar—they are massive ag- aggregators. They are creating a confluence. On one hand, you have the vendors, or the retailers, or the restaurants, or the grocery shops. And on the other hand, we have the customers. And on the third hand, you have the investors. So the confluence of vendors, customers, and investors at this scale is going to be very, very tricky to balance and to replicate. And that is what the investors are paying
0: top dollar for. Right. But uh, uh, Amit, a lot of these are actually essentially technology firms at their core there's also the view that it's very difficult to value such digital firms. You, you're on firmer ground with traditional firms. So that's one point of view. Do you agree? If yes, why? And if no, why? We have 125 odd years
1: of historical precedent of how to value traditional firms. Our history with such aggregators or such firms and valuing them is only 15 or 20 years odd and dependent largely on foreign markets. So for instance if we draw a conclusion of why Zomato is valued in a certain way, there is no other historical precedent, even in the global markets, to benchmark this against. So where we take off the normal valuation to the curves of PE or P-P-B as a price to book value or EV upon EBITDA, or enterprise value to, let's say, operating earnings, do not apply to these companies. What I believe the stock markets are doing at this time is placing a strong replacement value to these companies while valuing them and giving them a premium for being the market leader. That is a more correct and appropriate way, in my view, to look at these companies. Not any traditional. What we are seeing, a lot of market analysts talk about price to sales. I don't think a Zomato with 2,000 crores of sales and a market gap of 1 lakh crore can simply be attributed and said, okay, it's a three times two price to sales. It's, it's, it's not a logical way of looking at it. The correct way of looking at it, my view, view view is because the replacement value of another Zomato would be somewhere in the region of a lakh crore now, starting off today. Zomato, of course, being huge, 525 cities, 14 lakh restaurants listed on its platform, 4.3 crore unique users monthly. is Is that complexity
0: to achieve again will be very difficult. Right. And that's a very important point, Amit. And, you know, there's a rush to buy these stocks, but for like, so the common person, the view is that many of these companies are also usually loss-making. And it's also unclear how and when they will turn a profit. So should uh, retail investors be wary? My sense is retail investors should do
1: exactly what the institutional investors are doing. The institutional investors are allocating 1-2% to 2% of their portfolios to such companies. The seasoned institutional investors, I'm not talking about the hardcore PE or the VC type investor. I'm talking about the mutual fund investor that has an aggregate portfolio. So a lot, we see a lot of mutual funds allocate one to two percent of their AUM to such companies. And that is my sense what an, or what a prudent investor should do.
0: So uh, Amit, I want to come back to something that uh, we touched upon earlier. So Amit, the Beijing IPO and stock market, India's real economy is a contrasting reality. And according to the Confederation of All India Traders, localized lockdowns led to losses of rupees 15 lakh crore in April and May 2021 alone. According to the Center for Monitoring Indian Economy, that's CMIE, one crore Indians lost their jobs in the second wave of COVID-19 alone and 97% of households faced income losses since the pandemic began. Now, petrol prices too are well over 100 rupees per liter in major cities, which is adding to a the high retail inflation. So the question is, are we looking at a correction soon in the stock markets? In fact, I'm also saying the word bubble being used frequently, but I think I would want to use it very, very responsibly.
1: Historically, when the word bubble comes up so often in conversations, you can assume that there is no bubble. <laughs> so, uh, you know, bubbles typically take everybody by surprise. And, uh, here, the real economy that touches us on a daily basis is that of a common man. You know, we, we are vendors, our, our suppliers, our restaurant holders, our, uh, and so forth. That economy is not the one that is being reflected by the stock market. The stock market is a reflection of the top 3000 companies. The stock market is a reflection of the wealth held by the billionaires and the large institutions. That part of the economy is just to it in context. Corporate profits are 34% of India's GDP. Sorry, corporate revenues. Corporate profits are 2.8%. That is at a decade high. In 2012, this was at 1.8%. So, Indian economy on the aggregate may not have done well, but corporate profits have outpaced the, the, the common economy. And that needs to be kept in context when you're looking at why is the economy doing as it is and why are stock markets performing the way they are so the pain that we see in the joblessness or in the in the in the unemployment figures or in higher inflation has not impacted the top 2000 3000 companies in the way in fact they have taken away business from the msmes the smes that have sort of gone out of business for instance for an example jubilant the domino's uh, brand, holder, has severely picked up market share from unorganized restaurants that are closing down. And this is just one small example in one small niche, but this is happening across the board.
0: That's right. So, I mean, which are the other major IPOs coming up? We know, for instance, that the Life Insurance Corporation IPO has been cleared by the union cabinet and is expected to raise at least Rs. 70,000 crore. When it happens, it will surpass PayTMs to be the country's biggest IPO. So, which are the other major ones that you are looking at?
1: NSC could be one. NSC is already uh, is in the process of uh, the IPO process. Uh, Others are NICA could be another one in this space, in in the startup space. Policy Bazaar is another one that is uh, is lining up. And uh, several other smaller ones uh, which are not in, you know, not well acknowledged in the public domain.
0: Right. So, what should be the retail investor strategy now? I know you've Touched upon that earlier too, but could you elaborate on that? Retail investors, in my view, get very carried
1: away with such events. Retail investors should stick to a long-term systematic scientific structured plan which works towards their wealth building goals. They should stay away from FOMO type uh, tendencies rush into Zomato or rush into any IPO with all the money that they have. A small allocation is definitely a good idea. A reasonable allocation within their overall portfolio. And that is what I would advise all retail investors to do. Make structured long-term plans with scientific asset allocation strategies.
0: I didn't take help from professionals is what you're saying essentially, right?
1: People who understand this the diy approach can have its uh, pitfalls in my view right so uh, amit tell us about what you do so we run a wealth management practice we help retail investors exactly what i just mentioned in the last answer is to make structured investment decisions based on long term plans and uh, you know a 30 year old with 30 years of earning in front of him will have a different portfolio to let's say a 60-year-old who's about to retire. And we we make structured plans for each of this category of investors. So our investors range from as young as 23 to as old as 85.
0: Right. So Amit, there's a question I ask all my guests at the end of the conversation. Why do you do
1: this work? I grew up with parents who were in investing all their lives. My parents were members of Bombay Stock Exchange. My extended family has also been in this business. So I grew up with conversations of Harshad Mehta, of Ketan Parekh, of start.com bubble, of uh, 2007 real estate uh, boom and the consequent bust of why Reliance Power became the biggest IPO of that time and so on and so forth. It, it just comes naturally to me. My wife comes from a similar background. So we enjoy analyzing investments threadbare from a risk return perspective, from a tax perspective, from a time horizon perspective, from a fitment in a particular investor's portfolio perspective. We just enjoy it and that's why I do it because of the sheer uh, joy of it.
0: I Amin, mean, thanks so much for coming on the show and helping us understand how the stock market is functioning now and what to expect in the future, especially on the IPO front. Thank you all for listening. Please visit allindiansmatter.in that's dot rin for more columns and audio podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter. At Ashraf Engineer, that's A-S-H-R-A-F-E-N-G-I-N-W-E-R and All Indians Count, that's A-L-L-I-N-D-I-A-N-S-C-O-U-N-T. Search for the All Indians Matter page on Facebook. On Instagram, the handle is All Indians Matter. Email me at editor at allindiansmatter.in. Catch you again soon.